Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. Hey, before we get started with today's show, I just want to draw your attention to new merchandise. Funkin' Stuff and Truth and Rhythm designs are in, and they look pretty darn cool. So show your support, help support the program, and show off some stylish merchandise and apparel. Only at the Funkin' Stuff store. So, Nikki, how did you, I understand you connected with uh, Ivan Neville and Dumpster Funk through sort of just happenstance at a jam session or a festival or what, what took place? So, I met them at Jazz Fest. I mean, I met, I met Ian and Ivan at Jazz Fest in like 2004. And, um, you know, I... I went back. I went back in two thousand five. Saw them again. Uh, we didn't really play though. Uh, but I actually met Tony in Boston. He was out there with Dave Matthews, and he came and sat in at Wally's, at the club that I was telling you about, where I met Nate. So that's actually where I met Tony, and uh, we played a little bit that night, which was fun. Um, but really, I got connected with them through Kraz because uh, Ivan was talking to him and he was like, man, I'm looking for a drummer. And he was like, you should call Nikki. Like, you know, she's off, you know, she's off the road now. That's when I uh, left Beyonce. I think it was like 2011. So I actually went to Jazz Fest. I didn't have any gigs at all. I just went, I was like, I need to go. I know I need to go there. I could pick up some gigs and you know, just bopped around town, played a little bit with uh, Big Sam. And then, yeah, Ivan called me. He was like, you want to play some Dumpster Funk gigs? I said, absolutely. <laughs> so that was in 2011. What, what was, what, do, you, do you remember when you first sat in with them for a set, what that was like? Because, I mean, they they bring it. You know, they're totally authentic, you know, in my in my view. No, absolutely. I mean, they were one of my favorite bands before I joined them. I used to go see them in New York. And uh, it's funny, when I joined the band, I told I, I told Ian, I was like, dude, you guys were my favorite band before I joined. He's like, yeah, right, whatever. And I was like, how many times did you play in New York? And I was there. 
He's like, yeah, actually, <laughs> you came a lot. And I was like, yeah, because I really loved the band and the music so much. Um, so getting to play with them was incredible and, and still is. You know, I still get to play with them occasionally. Um, I do stuff with Tony. We play with Joe Marcinek. We actually just did an album with Joe Joe Marcinek Band. And, um, yeah, still play with Ian and Ivan, Nick Daniels. Nick Daniels lives down the street from me. <laughs> so. What's it, what's it like to lock in a groove with Tony and Ian, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, you know, it's a different, it's a different brand of funk which I love, you know, they really schooled me on the, on the meters, you know, brand of funk, which is a very different thing than, you know, James Brown or Parliament Funkadelic. So it is an honor to get to play with them and to learn from them. What, what would you say is uh, an element or two that's sort of a signature of your particular style on the drums? Um, I think that whenever I hit the snare, like, you know, it's me. That's one thing for sure. And I mean, uh, just to groove, I think like where I place the groove is like a signature for me. Cause I mean, I've had friends say, you know, they hear the snare like, oh, yep, that's Nikki, you know? So you t always tune it a certain way or, you know, no, it's just how I hit it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you went in the studio with dumpster funk too, right? You did mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what was that process like? Dirty you, you, you haven't done that many studio recordings. So yeah, we've, uh, we did dirty word and, uh, that was really it was it was really awesome like that coming together because there was a lot of different parts you know uh we we wrote together and then also like ivan ivan would bring songs nick would bring songs tony would bring songs like i brought a song you know so it was very collaborative which was really cool because i mean then you get like the true authentic sound of the people that are in the band you know, it's not just like one person writing for the band. So that was awesome. And like, you know, Ani DeFranco was on the record and Flea. You know, there were a lot of different uh, guests on the record that made it dope as well. Mm -hmm. I think Trumbo and Shorty was on it and Skerrick. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was also, it was, a, it was a great learning process for me as well you know just being in the studio with great songwriters like Ivan is probably one of my favorite songwriters you know and to sit there and go through the process with him was really cool and nth power has just the one full studio album at this point too right we have an EP well we have we have an EP, we have a full-length studio record, we have a full-length live record, and we have the Marley tribute record as well. But yeah, we're dropping a new record this year. 
Any idea about when? Nope. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you're you're so at home in the life setting and you're so uh, versed in and you've played with so many people. Do you feel as comfortable in the studio environment or is it a little stagnant for you? You need the feedback of the crowd or how do you feel about that? No, I love recording. Yeah. I mean, I've played on a bunch of records probably that like people don't know, but yeah, I love, I love recording. When I was um, looking at some of your, um, your live recordings, um, I saw, you know, and I know you recorded with Maceo. You're on his record actually, which yep. um, I happen to, uh, there you go. <laughs> yep. There it is. Yeah. Um, and what was it like playing with his band? I mean, man, it's, it's a dream come true. <laughs> I mean, ever since I was a kid, you know, like I, I listened to James Brown, obviously. And my dad was a saxophone player. So Maceo was like his favorite, you know, and when I told him I had to play with him or that I was playing with him, he couldn't believe it. And I still can't actually, you know, just to uh, be, be a part of the, the funk lineage, you know, just to like play with a pioneer, you know, it's like, I, I get it straight from the source, you know, um, it's it's incredible i like i don't i still like i really don't have words i mean i always like equate my gigs to to levels of school you know like when i when i play with beyonce that was like i went to undergrad and i played with dumpster funk i got my masters you know i started playing with maceo like i got my phd you know i got my phd in funk <laughs> so you know, and honestly, there's nothing like just being being around him and the rest of the band, because like Skeet is one of my favorite bass players of all time. Uh, and Bruno Spate is such a great, incredible guitarist. And Wobo Ware, amazing keys player, Greg Boyer, you know, he's like one of the greatest trombonists. And Martha High, you know, play with her and Darlene Parker. Like, the whole band is a band of killers. <laughs> yeah. And they've been doing it longer than I've been alive, you know. So it's really an honor to play music with all of them and to, you know, just get, like, past the torch. You know, it's like I'm the I'm the baby in the group, you know, and I was obsessed with the SOS band and Bruno like started that band. And, you know, it's just really cool to hang out with them and hear stories, you know, about James Brown and, and George Clinton, you know, and just like get it firsthand. You know, because obviously there's like there's more to being a musician than just playing music. And, and that is like one of the 
most beautiful things about playing with Maceo is that it's always I'm always laughing. Like he's a comedian, you know, and there's always laughter, you know, and laughter is, you know, good for the soul. It's just like music and laughter and, you know, food. It's uh so it's it's amazing and I hope that actually we get to play again soon cuz it's been a while. It's been a while since we've been able to play. And uh I hope we can soon. How did you make that connection? Was it related to being in the Beyonce band or unrelated? No, unrelated. It was, uh, we met at Jazz Fest. Mm. Yep. Every, all roads lead to Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Mm. We played a Five Fest and it was just kind of like an all-star band. It was uh, me and uh, Kraz, Nigel Hall, James Casey, Ryan Zoidis. I think Eric Bloom was on that gig too. And uh, Calvin Turner on bass. Mm. And it was just like it was for Fire Fest, you know, uh, during during Jazz Fest. So that's kind of how it happened. Uh, we played that set together. And I remember turning around and like, you're funky. And I was like, oh my God, Maceo <laughs> Parker said I was funny, funky. Fun, fun but God, yeah, I'll do you know. <laughs> uh, but then his manager emailed me probably like a year and a, a year and a half later, something like that. And she was like, we have these gigs. You want to come play these gigs? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, Natasha. So yeah, then I just I started playing the gigs and then they offered me the gig and I was like, this is incredible. I can't believe this. So, yeah, I mean, it's been six years now. Hmm. Six years. How much how much issue did you run into in the music industry with preconceived notions of a female drummer and how much has it changed since your earlier years to now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot. It's definitely changed a lot. I would say that for me personally, um, that happened very early on. Um, the You don't play drums, you're a girl. You know, that happened really early. And then uh, obviously, like, after getting Beyonce gig, that professionally, that went out the window. You know, I'm sure that there were other circles that thought that, you know, females are not as good on the drums or whatever. But um, for me, professionally, that stopped uh, once I got the gig, you know, because then musicians kind of saw who I was. They knew who I was. They heard me play. And so they wanted to play with me. Like, um, there, you know, I didn't run into the, the gender thing after the Beyonce gig. Cause it's like, that's the biggest like gig anyone could have. So obviously I can play, you know. But do you still hear that from other aspiring female drummers? Do do they oh, yeah, do try to pick your, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it still happens. You know, it's like, it's 2021 think it wouldn't be that way but racism still exists sexism still exists 
classism still exists. You know, like, <laughs> all the isms still exist. So, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just tell, like, all young female drummers or female musicians or any type of professional that's, you know, in a, in a male-dominated industry, like, you just use it for fuel for the fire. You know what I mean? Whenever someone says you can't, that's like how much, how much more you can, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's how I used it when I was younger. And that's uh, still how I use it, you know? Yeah. Flip the script. Yeah. Um, now speaking, still speaking of legends, uh, you played with Shaka. Yeah. Yeah. I played with Shaka Khan a couple times. Yeah. Yep. What was that like? Did you She's amazing? Get... Yeah. yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I have, yeah, uh, I, I I know her very well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Funk this. There you go. That's a that's such a great album. It's so good. I feel like uh, a lot of people miss that one. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've noticed that you know uh, the older you know a musician gets people just kind of expect them to fall off or things or you know expect the material not to be as good or whatever that album is amazing like from start to finish it's great you know and she still sounds the same if not better you know so that that was definitely a, a highlight being able to play with her and hang out with her and hear war stories <laughs> did she try to play any drums in front of you oh yeah yeah she's played drums in front of me yeah, yeah. she's great she is she has her own style play. yeah with whatever she does mm-hmm. she has her own style yeah definitely but- amazing how good she still she she did that um online special like in december i think it was like streamed and uh, she saw i've been my favorite singer female singer and i was blown away at how good she still sounds yeah yeah yeah. her voice is amazing to this day so i wanted to ask you you know when you're when you're doing your thing nikki you know how do you balance technical versus feel and you know being on the beat or behind the beat you know what's your approach yeah it it like it depends on the the music depends on what's being played you know um as far as technique is concerned that is something that i studied when i was younger you know uh i was really fortunate to run into dave disenzo when i was at berkeley and he really, really got my technique together. And like, I really, I wouldn't be here without him for sure. Um, so, you know, all of that stuff was just like ingrained in me. So once, once you have that, then like the technique just kind of is what it is on a tone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really like balancing technique with style or feel. It's just, this is how I do this. This is how I play the drums. This is the way that, 
you know, I use my body mechanics to play, you know, so I'm not even thinking about that at all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like the way you walk or how you talk, you know, you're not thinking about how uh, your voice sounds or how you're like putting your words together just because that that's how you are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so as far as like playing in front of, behind, or on the beat, yeah, it depends on the music. But I would say that my biggest influence as far as that is concerned is Jay Dilla. You know, what he was able to do with um, a computer, because the MPC is a computer, what he was able to do with that is insane. You know, he made he made it feel human, which is incredible. And also he like kind of ushered in a new style of drumming, you know, because we wanted to emulate what he programmed, you know. So it's kind of like a reverse engineering, but it, it, it created something really cool. You know, it created a different brand of hip hop, if you will, that also kind of melded into a different type of R&B, you know, like Neo Soul with the drums like kind of behind the beat, the snare behind the beat or the kick ahead or whatever, you know. So if I'm playing some hip hop or some Neo Soul or something like that, then I would play a little behind the beat, you know, like funk specifically is like, you have to play on the beat. I don't really lay back when I'm playing funk. It's like either on it or I'm pushing it, pushing it ahead, you know? Uh, so yeah, it depends on what I'm playing. Cause like if I'm playing some rock music, I could be laid back but I could also be aggressive, you know, on top of it or right on it. So it just depends on the on the genre and oh, style. Also, to some extent, who's playing bass too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It also has a lot to do with that. Who's who's playing bass, guitar, keys? Because it all lives in there, you know, which is kind of like the genius of the meters. Is like where they all sat on the beat, you know, because someone's pushing, someone's pulling, you know, like George would push and Zig would pull. And that's like the yin and the yang. Like it's really you whenever people try and play it like they can't really authentically <laughs> because that th there's no rhythm section that sounds like them. There isn't. And speaking of, of Ziggy, I saw um, you did like a battle of the drummers thing they have there. Yeah. Him and Adam, yeah. right? Yeah. That was yeah. incredible. I mean, that was an honor, too, because he called me and he was like, I want you to, you know, do this with me. And I was like, oh my God, it's Zig, you know. Um, that was definitely a highlight of my career being able to like sitting across stage from him like facing drum sets and zig you know going at it so much fun 
And is that, I, they do that every year still or just? No, that was just the one year. Um, mm. But we, we should do it again for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned the hip hop thing. You know, I saw clips of you rapping a little bit yourself, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Rapping with Dumps the Funk. I dropped a single uh, last year. Yeah, last October. Uh, was kind of like my rapping debut, I guess. <laughs> I'm not like, I don't consider myself a rapper, but I can rap, you know. Yeah, who knew? I didn't know until I, I caught you doing that. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. That was fun for sure. Um, you played at the White House. Is that true? I thought I heard that. Yep, I played at the White House. It was a state dinner. Um, it was um, when Obama was in office. He had the uh, Mexican president come and... Uh, that was an experience. <laughs> Definitely. It was cool. It what was, material uh, were you playing? What, what was the, it was with Beyonce. Oh. So we played, we played, I actually don't remember the specific songs, but I do remember that we, we played Como La Flor, which is the Selena song, you know, uh, because the Mexican president was there. So she sang in Spanish. And uh, that was fun. Um, have you had the chance to play with Eric Gales? I thought. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, he's one of my very favorite players, and he is, man. <laughs> There's no words to describe him. <laughs> he is just—he could be the greatest guitarist I've ever played with, you know. As far as facility is concerned. I mean, in his style, he can play anything. He's super funky. And obviously, he has the blues down. I mean, he's he's a he's a force of nature. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, who Who's on your hit list that you haven't gotten to play with yet? Are there some people that you're like, oh, man, I really hope I can get with them? Well, Stevie Wonder. Mm. Stevie Wonder, I'd really love to play with him. Um, I want to play with the Foo Fighters. <laughs> I'd love to just like hang out with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Have you seen that social media sensation, Nandy, the kid child prodigy? Female oh, yeah. Girl? Yes. She did a dual thing with Dave Grohl. That was so much Yeah, fun. that was yeah. awesome. It was so cute. And she's great, man. She's. She's playing guitar and bass too, and singing. Like <laughs> she's got a super bright future. Yeah. Yeah, and until I, I get, love her passion. It's really, it's really great to see, for real, you know, and you know, it's like times are different than they were when I was a kid. Like I didn't have YouTube, you know, <laughs> I didn't have like all this social media stuff, you know, that uh, these kids have. And you can just kind of see how it's progressing or how, you know, them having all the information at their fingertips, you know, how it's inspiring them and helping them grow. And, that, and that's one cool thing about technology. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword for sure. It is. That is one of the better things, yeah. Yeah, but that is probably it. That's all I can that's all I see right now. <laughs> uh so Stevie is on that uh, wish list and uh Stevie's on the wish list. And, and a while her. ago, I mean Sting Sting was on that list for a minute. You know, I I really appreciate him. Um who else? I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people on the list, but like just, you know, musicians more so than artists. Is there, is there is there any drummer out there that intimidates you a little bit? That intimidates me? Yeah, that no. maybe you'd be like, <laughs> can you hang with anybody? That I'd like, that I don't want to play beside? <laughs> Like intimidates me. How there's a lot of drummers that inspire me. I don't know, like a Billy Cobham or something who's still around, you know? Yeah, I mean he's scary, but like I would love to play with him. You know what I mean? Like, like getting to play with someone like that is, I I welcome that. That's like a dream, you know, because I get to learn, you know. But I mean, there's so, there's so many great drummers out there. So many. Yeah, I'm talking to one of them. <laughs> Thanks. What uh, What are you most proud of accomplishing to this point, Nikki? Hmm. I don't know, I guess just being a full-time musician, like, that's an accomplishment, <laughs> you know, uh, not having a day job, because it's really, it's really, it's really hard, you know, it's tough, um, but I, I'd say, like, the thing that I'm most proud of, I guess, at this particular moment is is like being able to play with Maceo, like having played with the Neville brothers and like all the meters. Like I played with all the all all members of the meters, you know, being on stage with those people, people that are pioneers and innovators. That is probably my like greatest accomplishment, you know, um, like being able or having played for millions of people, that is also a um, something that I'm proud of, for sure. But I'm also proud of playing for ten people, you know, at, at one time. You know, if it's a room of ten thousand or ten, like. I love it all the same and being able to do it and be appreciated, I guess, honestly, um, you know, having the opportunity to change people's lives, that's probably the greatest 
accomplishment. <laughs> and why do you like funk music so much? What does that mean to you? What does it do for you? It just, it speaks to me. It makes me move, you know. It's, a, it's it can be um, meditative at times, you know, like trance music. You know, you just like play the same thing over and over again. And you can put someone in a trance. And, uh. I don't know. I think that's maybe why. Have you ever gotten to play with Bootsy since you mentioned him? Yeah, but not mm, like yes, but no. <laughs> well, he wasn't playing bass. Was that what it was? He wasn't playing bass. He yeah, was. Just, he, he he doesn't do that he live was anymore. Just rapping. He was just yeah. doing his Bootsy thing, you know. Yeah, he only plays in the studio now. Yep. Yeah. So um, what can you tell people, viewers, you know, if they go to a, a Nth Power show, what can they expect to, to experience? Um, just feeling. We can, they can, there's a, there's a range of emotions that we try to pull out of people. You know, uh, empathy is one of them. Happiness, you know, they can expect to leave like being fulfilled with love you know that's what we try and give people is love so that's what we want people to leave the show with you know we we always want people to leave better than they came in so that that's what they can expect are you guys doing any uh venues on your own or mostly festivals or what's the plan yeah we're doing we're doing festivals this summer it's a couple and then we'll be back out you know playing clubs soon enough and then the other two the homies and the kamani are they also going to be doing shows or are those the three yeah that... yeah they'll also be doing shows mm -hmm. and what's the best not, way for... not as not as frequently as the nth power but yeah we'll be out there what's the best way for people to keep up with nikki glasby uh instagram uh, my handle is nikki drums n-i-k-k-i-d-r-u-m-s and then um i have a website too nikki glasby.com um for the most part i get all my dates up there i'm working on it now <laughs> And, and hopefully album before the year's over yeah yeah and yeah we're we're all all the bands are on facebook and instagram instagram is probably the best place to to get like updates you know like real-time updates and, and gigs excellent hey thank you so much nikki for yeah, sharing absolutely. all that and talking to you it's been a blast yeah. and Look forward to you coming to my neck of the woods real soon. Yep, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Take care. Be well. Yeah, you as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, 
You can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through funkandstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven, results-oriented, professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the Media Services section at funkandstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkandstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing on to the rhythm of the one.